Dennis Ramundi here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, Spirit Matters Talk, spiritmatterstalk.com. Uh, I found him uh, extremely interesting, uh, Robert Jonas, a uh, fascinating guy, um, and, uh, you know, obviously very deeply uh, spiritually, emotionally committed to what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, one of the reasons I thought of inter- <clears throat> excuse me, of, of inviting Jonas onto the show was I think one of the purposes we can serve is to bring to people's attention spiritual teachers who are not widely known but who have a tremendous amount of uh, to, a value to offer people, a lot of insight, a lot of personal uh, uh, observations and uh, a good deal of thinking and, you know, a lot of dedication and uh, time commitment to, to their paths and their own learning and their own growth. And he's one of them who I've gotten to know over the years right. who I thought, you know, deserves to be heard by, by more people. Right, right. I, I think in the description of uh, Spirit Matters Talk on our uh, website, and you wrote this, was uh, we have people that are well-known and people that should be well-known. And yeah, certainly he's, he's an example of somebody that should be well-known. And, you know, very well-educated. You know, uh, went to Dartmouth, has a doctorate from Harvard. Uh, he went to a, a major theological seminary, got another degree there. He's incredibly well-read and well-written. But, but, but it's not just intellectual. He's very deeply uh, involved in uh, the spiritual teaching uh, that, that he speaks of. And, and oh, uh, uh, Empty Bell, is, is that a saying from uh, his organization, Empty Bell? Is that a saying from Zen or is there some... I can you imagine know, what it means, but it's like the sound of one hand clapping or whatever. Yeah. Yes, it's it's one of the uh, questions I meant to ask him. Right, me too. Which <laughs> was, you know, can you explain why you call it the empty bell? And um, to be honest, I can't remember <laughs> what he told me years ago when I first met him, um, but. I think, you know, if people go to emptybell.org, they'll probably find um, a description of, of why the name. But I'm sure it comes from something in the Zen tradition. Right. And but I don't want to... Any of our listeners uh, figure it out, you'll be instantly enlightened. <laughs> you'll go into a state of uh, perpetual samadhi. But it uh, sounds very Zen, doesn't it? Absolutely. We, we associate bell with ringing and yeah. sound. But maybe it has to do, and I'm just, I'm just going to wing it here. But when you think of what a bell is, um, it's this, you know, we think of it as this large metal object, usually large, doesn't have to be large, but it's the emptiness within right. that, that creates the sound um, uh, and, and is just as important as the form. So maybe that's the, the kind of... Um, uh, formlessness and form, unity and uh, diversity kind of one and many image that is, you know, very Zen. So transcending very... the vibratory nature of the bell to the silent bell. But uh, we'll ask him in... in uh, okay. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, well, it's very interesting because bells are a big part of many spiritual mm-hmm. traditions. You know, we have church bells, 
And if you, uh, you know, in, in the, in the uh, Buddhist traditions, there's the use of bells. And if you go to India and, and uh, you go to a temple, you hear a lot of bells. And when people do pujas in India, um, you know, they do offerings and there's incense and flowers and rice and water and ghee and all that fire sometimes and also bells. There's this ringing of bells as part of uh, the, uh, the, the ritual practice, and it, it, you know, it probably serves as some kind of deep uh, function. Right. Well, I also think a bell, it's a vibration that, that and it can be high or low or whatever frequency, and then it just it slowly dissipates, you know, and then it's, a, in a sense, a, a way to transcend, to go from a grosser activity to a subtler activity, to silence like that. So yeah, yeah but it's it's in every tradition, uh, uh, you know, uh, very much in Christian tradition, ringing, ringing the bells uh, in a lot of the Catholic masses, and all all that, a lot of bell ringing goes on. So, uh, so, so yeah. okay, we just we just answered the question for Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> so now we'll have to email him and tell him to listen to right. this discussion and see if we're at all close. <laughs> to the original. Yeah, he'll say, no, no, it actually means. Uh, the, the other thing I wanted to discuss with you and it came out in this interview uh, was, uh, you know, the role of suffering in life. And, and I yeah. think you gave a beautiful answer that, you know, you, you, you realize when there's suffering, you have no control and you either can continue to fight it and suffer more or to let go and just let it happen, let go with the flow. Much easier said than done. But yeah. certainly in his life, uh, he used those experiences of suffering. And he, right from childhood, he had a lot to deal with. And rather than turn it into anger and hatred and uh, all sorts of bad activities, he internalized that and was able to uh, create it as a motivation for focus on spirituality and, and the good. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and, and I think inspiring. you see... You see that in in a lot of spiritual teachings, uh, and 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 you know it's it's there even in in the Buddhist and Hindu traditions where there's you know most emphasis on transcending the world of suffering and pain. But you know if you dig into it, you see people you know spiritual teachers recognizing that you know while we exist in human form, we're going to experience. Uh, pain and loss and defeat and, and all those things. And um, part of spiritual growth is learning from those experiences and using them right. uh, as sort of s- stepping stones to, to further growth. Right. But not everybody lives it and demonstrates it in their lives. And, and it's one of the reasons I asked Jonas about it, because I remember being deeply moved by uh, his descriptions, uh, both in writing and in, in uh, verbally, uh, about the loss of his daughter, which you know something, you know that is is a pain I can't imagine, and um, how uh, it became uh, something that fed his spiritual life right, right. ultimately. Right. We should mention that. Uh, uh... Uh, a guest we had on uh, recently, Mirabai Star, she had a yeah. very similar experience losing a child and then uh, writes about how she dealt with it. So I think uh, bo- both uh, both of these folks, uh, a lot can be learned from. 
The other thing I want to say about suffering, I mean, isn't that the story of the Buddha that he came out of the castle and and all of a sudden he saw this, he didn't know what it was, it was suffering in the world and it made him go inward and really uh, reevaluate and reprioritize what his life was. Yeah, and, it was uh, the touch, the, the observation of the inevitability of suffering was one of the was was the sort of catalyst for him mm-hmm. going off to uh, on the the path of self discovery and and led to what became Buddhism mm-hmm. and of course it's built into um, Christian and Jewish and and Muslim life as well because a lot of the the exemplars in those traditions are people who suffered on the right. worldly plane right yeah the other the other area that we didn't get into so much this time with him. Uh, perhaps next time when he's on, is he's very much an environmentalist, and he touched yeah. upon it. He said that how, uh, as as he grows in his own spirituality, that uh, he looks around, and not only does he see suffering in people, but he sees what's happening to the planet, and and how that will lead to further, you know, global warming, these things, and how he is uh, not only uh, thinking about it or talking about it, but he's very actively involved. And again, again, it gets back to that theme of the person as they grow in consciousness, as they grow in spirituality, taking responsibility, not only for, only for their own spiritual growth, but for the health and well-being of others in the planet. Yes. Um, and uh, he's one of those people who walks the talk because right. he, he actually, you know, he's involved in his retirement from psychotherapy <laughs> practice, uh, deeply involved in his part of the world in Western Massachusetts and, uh, preserving wild wild uh, spaces and um, other environmental activities. Well, you know, uh, so another uh, fascinating guest who I'd love to have back on the shore, back on the show. Uh, this is Spirit <laughs> Matters Talk. Uh, I found at SpiritMattersTalk.com. I'm Dennis Rundy, co-host Phil Goldberg, and I wanted to say, Phil, to our listeners that. Uh, uh, you just came back. Phil just came back from uh, taking a group on a tour of northern India to spiritual sites. Uh, and I think it might be a good idea if uh, we discuss that sometime. Maybe I interview you about this trip. I'd like to hear more about uh, where you went and what you did and uh, other trips you might have planned. So uh, let's, okay. let's think about doing that sometime soon. Okay, I can, I can uh, co-host... Phil Goldberg, the co-host, can interview Phil Goldberg, the guest. Yeah, you could uh, use two voices, <laughs> however we can do it. Uh, SpiritMattersTalk.com, go to our website, uh, to, our, uh, uh, to our Facebook page, to our Twitter uh, uh, account. Uh, we're all over social media now, and uh, tell your friends about us. Spread the word. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Dennis. Next time. Right.